Perhaps the most vexing question we can ask is why? Why do things exist? Why do I exist? And why do things happen to me? And it is particularly true in suffering, for then it becomes haunting. Then it encourages a deeper search for meaning. In this series we will examine all aspects of the self and getting in touch with the higher in ourselves. Shekhar Lala, perhaps we can start with some concepts. What am I? Essentially you are what you make yourself. You are a product of your mind, you are a product of your past, and you are a product of your aspirations and desires. You are a mixture of the lower and the higher self. You are a complete composite of body, mind, intellect, and light, which we call soul or spirit, which activates all of these multifaceted, if you like, layers of consciousness. You are all of this. And each moment in life, you experience the outer world through your senses according to the level and the lens through which you are looking at this world. If you are looking at the physical part, then your focus is on the interaction and the harmony between the different facets of the physicality that you have. If you look at the meaning in, in, in yourself, then it is to do with that. If you're constantly relating what you experience with that which you have had in you, from the past, in order to make sense out of it. So you are a creature who constantly wants to make sense out of what impinges upon it through the eyes and the ears and the senses. We are all caught in this state of trying to balance, trying to bring equilibrium, trying to relate so that you maintain an ongoingness. We all move according to a certain hierarchy of needs. We want to maintain safety, security, well-beingness, health, and so on and so forth. Until such time, you want to maintain an inner equanimity of joy that is basically what is calling all the time from within ourselves. So we are all seekers of bliss. We are all seekers of the infinite, of the absolute. Um, but we have to deal with the relative also. Because if you deny the relative, then you will be denied of the subtler. Because these levels of consciousnesses go as spheres within spheres within spheres. So you are what you make of yourself. If you say, I am the, this role and that role, then for that moment or for that period, you are that. If you focus into the higher within you of pure consciousness, then you are beyond the zone of limitations of mind, intellect, reasoning, and all of the other things which makes this life go on and on. Most of us would try and find meaning in the material things themselves. Surely that is where people would focus on. We are all looking for the ultimate qualities of power, wealth, longevity, permanency, the all-hearing capability, and all of the other desirables. Mm -hmm. But we start with the gross and the material side of existence and the limited side of existence, mm -hmm. because that is what we are familiar with to begin with. 
So I want power within a field where power will be limited or its duration is limited. So it's my kindergarten. So this world and my worldly activities and the reasoning, if you like, and the interactiveness of it is a starting point that draws me towards the essence and the source of all power, all wealth, and all abilities, all capabilities, all knowledges, all of the other desirables that we all aspire for. Mm. But many, many would see that as their reality show. Well, it is, a re- it is real, mm. but it is transient reality. It mm. won't last. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those who love beauty, you try constantly to uh, maintain beauty, which is not maintainable in that particular fashion. So you seek beauty in beautiful objects, but in reality you are uh, caught by the love of beauty itself, not a beautiful thing. So it is a good start, but soon we get frustrated, disappointed, and uh, you know depressed. Mm-hmm. And that is a key to, uh, if you like, an awakening, that this zone is not meant for a constant, permanent realization of perfect beauty. As soon as you have the most beautiful flower, it starts wilting and recycling. Most of us try to find meaning in the material things themselves. Can one not do this through repetition? Well, we go on repeating until such time you see the futility of your wanting to preserve a thing. Mm-hmm. So you realize that it is not the thinginess you are after. It is the meaning behind the thing that you are after. It is not money you are after. It is the ability to satisfy all needs and desires, legitimate or otherwise, that you are after. So you are after you know, t- permanent power permanent ability, permanent knowledge, permanent beauty, permanent majesty, all of the other things. So we are essentially in a zone of an impermanent and changing world seeking the permanent. We're doing the right thing, but in the wrong domain. And this domain is our nursery or kindergarten to return back to the boundless, which is within us also. How then do we discover that? What do we do to, 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 to switch the focus from the non-permanent into the permanent? First of, first of all, we use the mind, and we become imprisoned by the limitations of the mind. Then, more and more, the intellect and begins to kick in, and the higher intellect. And then from there, you move into another zone, which is to do with inspired, if you like, flashes of insights. So it will take, nature will take its course. Mm -hmm. You know, you're designed to return back to the origin of that design. You're designed in a a fashion that the pattern in us will take us from the gross to the subtle, and they're all connected. In other words, it is a function of gradual change in consciousness Mm -hmm. from the immediate physical material as a child cares to the ultimate, which is what we desire for, which is constancy in wellness, in happiness, in bliss, without a cause, without a reason. We all seek 
permanent uh, and constant security. Now, it's not attainable in a world of change. You get a modicum of security. You get, a, you get some good measure of health, but there is no such thing as perfect health. The moment you're born, the moment you're closer to actually transcend and leave the body behind. So the entire business is of the higher wanting to be seen by the lower and acknowledged by the lower. In other words, God wanted to be loved and, and desired, so he created in a fashion that all of us are, if you like, worshipping at that altar of perfection, perfection, perfection. So you live by the constancy of being, if you like, uh, pulled towards that perfection without being able to attain it in any durable sense in this realm of change. Mm -hmm. So this is the paradox that we need to resolve in life. That you want the permanent, you want the boundless, and that you constantly experience the bounded and the limited. If I understand it correctly, what, what you're saying is that there is the true meaning, which is, say, provision or security. And there's the feature, which might, might be money and the physical sort of attribute of that, that, that gives some kind of expression to it. Why are so many people trapped into simply looking for the feature and not the meaning? It's the mind. The mind is an, an, an incredible, important connector mm. uh, because it's a gallery of my past experiences. And the circuitry in the mind, whenever I see something, hear something, or touch something, the circuitry relates to what was already stored in my mind from the past to make sense out of it. So it's all relative. It's all comparing. Mm. And you get used to it. So eventually, you, the world ends up being your mind. And the world has in it, within it, uh, the source of it is more than the mind. The mind is an, an instrument basically to deal with the mundane, with the rational basic things. What time is it? Where is it? What am I going? You're not the mind. A mind is only an aspect of you. Nor are you just the intellect or the higher reasoning that is also an aspect of you. In truth, you are a boundless light, which is your soul, which gives sentiency and energy to all of these different facets. So you are all of these put together with a certain priority. And that priority is boundless, infinite. That's why we love aspects to do with the freedom of the garden, the boundlessness of it, carefree, content. All of these are, if you like, facets of being in, in a divine, if you like, boundless, wonderful, uh, precinct. So we start in this kindergarten of the limitation of the body, the limitations of the senses and the mind, until we realize that all of this was shadows and reflections of a permanent light in you, which was boundless. So the boundless can only be fathomed, experienced, known through the bounded. Uh, we you can never know the sun by simply glaring at the sun, but you look at the sun's effect and uh, you see the stars and the moons and the earth and everything is dependent on the sun. And the sun is not affected by all of these things either. Neither is God. He's not affected by my cursing or my, my being happy or unhappy, but he is the cause of all that which appears. Uh, you know, the moon does not know 
uh, the, uh, of this, the sun is its, uh, if you like, origin of light, but it responds to it. So if I respond fully, I have the added capacity to the insentiency of a moon that I will know that there is that infinite source that is making me desire it. So that is the great saying that uh, God was a hidden treasure and, and loved to be known and therefore created. So we are all created to know that so-called unknown by its effects. And these effects are in multi-layers. And amongst them is what you just said, I get caught into that box of my mind. So transcending the mind is a key issue. And that's why we have people taking to all kinds of illicit ways, whether it's alcohol or drugs, or to go beyond the limitations of this causality. It's not sufficient. See, it doesn't give us, you know, that joy of life. Is that then the design that most people will be trapped in the existence of the now, in the shadows, in the reflections rather than the reflector? The design is at infinite layers of levels. And I am according to which design I follow. So if you like, the divine decrees or the patterns are already set. If I follow a certain pattern, I will end up in that end. If I follow another pattern, I'll end up in another end. Mm -hmm. So my life and my experiences are a mixture of my own movement and actions and the decrees that determine the final, if you like, uh, event. Mm -hmm. So I have freedom to act to a certain level, but I am not free to determine my destiny. If I act with the intention of that higher knowledge, then I will eventually re reach it by it through exclusion of other knowledges or other informations. Mm -hmm. So it's a question of displacement. And most people get used to and accustomed to the habit of the familiar. Mm -hmm. So they remain with their mind. Mm -hmm. So the designs, if you like, of the ways of the, of the map of existence is that each moment seeks its stability. So if I'm used to a certain pattern of thought or actions or, or transactions, then I find comfort in it. Mm. This, in effect, actually is a small reflection of the pattern of the soul. The soul is forever at its ease and its comfort. The soul is forever. So it has, if you like, that routine of foreverness. I try to duplicate it in every day's life. That at six o'clock I do this. And so we love that repetitiveness mimicking the ongoingness. Mm -hmm. So there are these two, if you like, paradoxical issues constantly. There is an aspect which is worldly and limited, and within it, behind it, before it, and after it, there is the energizing source, which is limitless. Mm -hmm. And once I realize these two zones are in me, then I am reconciled. Without that full and constant realization, I'm confused between the limiting reasoning and the limitless desires. Whatever desire I have, good or bad, will be brought to an end in a worldly se setting because of the time and space. But in reality, if it is joy or if it is love, I want it to be limitless. Whereas worldly love or beautiful objects or whatever else you pursue in this life or 
the higher, if you like, inspired aspects are limited. So is my life. But why is it I love the limitless life? It's because essentially my soul is limitless. So in truth, life is limitless. But the way I experience it in a conscious way, in a limited worldly way, gives me that illusion of, I, of the imprisonment. You see? Mm. What about fate? It's a natural outcome of what you have done and what's happening around you. See, if you look at the patterns of existence, there are multi-layers, infinite patterns. There are webs mm. of, of these patterns, and they all impinge on each other. Some of them are very gross. I mean, if I kick the table, then obviously I feel it, I hear it, my toe may get also hurt. If I say something that is harmful or hurtful or uh, disrespectful, whatever, I also know its effect or it somehow it generates its, uh, if you like, responses. So, and multi, and then mental thoughts, and then subtler thoughts, and my secret mental thoughts, and so on and so forth. And then ultimately, what is in my heart? So, there are infinite layers of these, if you like, natural laws that govern the entirety of, of this existence. So, I can take a certain action. The ultimate outcome, or the ultimate, if you like, destiny that I experience is not in my hand. The action is in my hand. And therefore, we say, you are as good as your intentions. If my intention is to <coughs> rediscover or discover that zone in me that gives me that constancy and reliability of the perfections, then I will be led to it, by it, by slowly, by slowly suffering and turning away from the zones of imperfections and chaos. Mm. If I want to see the essence of order, I will see it even in the middle of the biggest chaotic disorder. So I have no control over the timing of that consciousness that I will reach. I have certain control over what am I doing now, why I am doing it, and what is my purpose, mm. and so on. So I start with reasoning, and it ends up beyond me. I can't control the ultimate outcome. Mm. For that reason, people who are not endowed with this understanding that I am sharing with you, they become fatalistic. They say, it's not in my hand, mm. it's in God's hand. But certainly there is something in my hand. My intention is in my hand. Mm. Mm. My immediate action is in my hand. But the ultimate outcome is a result of multiple factors impinging on each other. I may want to cross the road, but a, a car that has come from the corner had decided to move faster than I had expected a car would move on this road. So I am not in charge of the final outcome of my destiny. no expectation of an outcome, why would we act at all? No, it is exactly true, and this is where the model occurs. Mm. Essentially, I want happiness, mm. and happiness means contentment, and contentment means access to a zone in me, constantly reliable and available, that gives me the thrill and the joy of being alive. Mm. 
But what goes wrong is that my mind, because of my past experiences, tells me that your happiness is that when you are this executive coming out of the car and you know having your briefcase going up the steps and your five secretaries greet you and so on. So it is that image mm. that uh, is going to enslave me, mm. not the love of happiness and contentment and bliss. Mm. So I've mixed up now a, a mental issue, so I am a prisoner of my mind, with something which is far deeper in my heart. Mm. We all want happiness, but we look for it in, in a zone or in areas which we assume is going to be the door to it. Mm. This is where we go wrong. Mm. I assume it is by this sort of relationship I'm going to be happy. Therefore, I blame all the time other people. Mm. I don't blame myself for having, uh, in a way, caused this uh, chaos by my own self, by mixing up an image in my mind with a desire in my heart. You see, and they often don't meet. I imagine this sort of a house that's going to make me happy, or a car, or a status, or a society, or, you know, and so on and so forth. If I can use an example, I'm driving along and I get hijacked and my wife and child get shot next to me. What would be, how do I find perfection in that moment? Or how do I find the meaning in that? Well, as I said earlier, we are all the time seeking a hierarchy mm. of wellness, of well-beingness. Mm. At the physical level, which is to do with actions. Mm. At the mental level, is to do with also meaning and harmony and so on. And then at the highest level, which is the essence, that at all times I'll be able to see through the eye of the essence how everything has got its perfection, mm. even though it may appear to be imperfect. So the question that you have just given me is due to that you have thought your happiness or your contentment lies in going across the city with your wife and so on in that car without taking cognizance because you perhaps did not know that the crime is rising or there is a, a special uh, you know, gang operating in that vicinity or there are reckless drivers. It is your ignorance. You know, it's not a question of some divine entity wants to punish you. It's you've punished yourself by your wrong action. <laughs> you know, we are always punished by what we are doing ourselves, not because of what we are doing. It's through your own action that you receive the reward or lack of it, you see. Mm -hmm. So at all times, what we are doing, we are trying to maintain this equanimity and balance at all of these levels physical level, meaning level, highest level. If you believe in a one encompassing creator, if you believe in God, if you believe in the one and only absoluteness of that reality, then you will see how from that essence the meanings are emitted and the perfections of attributes are emitted, manifesting in actions. So physicalities are only a manifestation of a meaning. The chair has only one aspect, if you like, to, um, for those people of meaning. It is to do with comfort or ease or so. So, so its physicality has a meaning. And that meaning is also got a higher meaning in that I want to be comfortable so as I am not nagged by my body or mind in order for me to dwell within the zone of the permanent in me. We all love that zone of, if you like, oblivion, 
away from the limitations. We are all seekers of that permanent, absolute essence because it is within us and it is beaming at us all the time, beckoning us to it. Again, I come back to the understanding of the meaning in that moment, um, uh, which on, on, on certainly on a human level will be shattering, would be absolutely horrendous. How do we find the meaning in, and how do we look for the meaning and how do we transcend that shattered, horrendous feeling that one feels? See, nature has designed us to grow uh, uh, very appropriately uh, as a child, uh, you know, into adulthood. So we are driven along this path from the gross to the subtle. Mm -hmm. uh, so this shattering you're talking about is because I've not yielded, if you like, to the natural program. Mm -hmm. I've not yielded. I've not grown enough. You know, I'm, emotionally I'm still arrested. Uh, or spiritually, I have not yet evolved to realize that anything that happens is according to a pattern. Now, I may have inadvertently put myself in that pattern. You know, so that is my ignorance. Mm. So every uh, failure is an opportunity for me to realize where did I go wrong, i.e., I followed my own, uh, if you like, desires relentlessly without weighing it, without taking counsel, without considering it. I was headlong. I was, so it's my fault. And that fault, if you like, is additional knowledge. But I, because I am bent towards an end product, and I have not got that, so I become angry, which is only a manifestation of failure. I mean, anger is that I have misplaced or I miscalculated, and now I can blame everybody else except my miscalculations. So, in other words, the more I am concerned about the ultimate outcome of contentment, the less I'll be disappointed. The more I have desires, the more likely I'm going to be disappointed. As simple as that. Now, what you said is that uh, you can't be desireless. That's true. So what are the roots of some of the key aspects of existence, such as love, hate, knowledge, action, success, and failure? You see, life is entirely based on the energy that we are given to attain desirables. And the desirables change all the time. From a child to, for a suite, for, for, to an artist to create a, a, a piece that shows, if you like, a lot of meanings in one instant or a message or whatever. So we are driven by the love for attaining desirables. We are driven by that constant love, ending up with passion. To begin with, it is love of this and that and gross until it becomes all-consuming passion. Now, this implies there are things that I want to attract to myself and things that I want to repel from myself. So using the example of uh, highway code or, or a map, life is first based on ways of nature that if you like, I are the atlases and the keys to that atlas. So I must be able to read that correctly. That if I constantly go on this road, I am likely to have repeated accidents. If I am going to the marketplace, there is so much competition for money. There is going to be more cheating, more lies, and more, if you like, uh, reduction of the human values. Because it's all after some abstract entity which in people's minds, open doors to power, which is called money. Now, so 
I am driving on these, on these roads. If I don't know the map properly, then even if I have a good driving license and I'm a good driver, I will make a lot of you know, accidents and mistakes. So you need to know the map well and read the atlas and its codes. Then you need to be a good driver and follow the highway code. This is where religions, if you like, come in and the prophetic teachings that you want to follow within the boundaries. You don't want to constantly cause additional, if you like, uncertainties to an uncertain situation as is, you know. So now, then after that, also you need not only to know the road and your ability to drive and a good car, you also need to know the overall conditions. Mm -hmm. uh, is, is there a hurricane on? Is there a tornado going to hit the roads and so on? so that you maintain these different layers and levels of safety. At the basic level, you want to maintain good health. At the mind level, you want to maintain a clean and a clear mind. At the heart level, you want to maintain a pure heart. Because essentially, your soul is housed in your heart. For that reason, we say purify your heart, mm -hmm. so that you have access to your soul, to the zone of the essence. And is that self-knowledge, knowing that exactly. and getting to know that? Exactly. This, the, the soul emits all of these infinite patterns of programs into you. So at an autonomic level, I will pull my finger if it is you know, subjected to a candle. Mm. You know, it's beyond me even. It's not even a mind. It, is, it bypasses the circuitry of the mind. So self-knowledge is that the higher self does everything in its own sequence. But if I maintain my vision and my attention to the lower, then I remain, if you like, mentally retarded, arrested, or emotionally you know, childish. So I have a certain measure of choice in obstructing the program, not in the program itself. It's already there. That is why we talk about submission. Submission is not an inert or a, a negative situation. It is that I must not allow my own diversions, distractions, stop this magnificent program to unfold in me. You know, the purpose of my existence is to know the source of existence. And that source is in me. My access to the divine, to God, is through my soul. So it's not so much seeking as rather being found. Precisely. Mm -hmm. I've already been founded by that foundation. Mm. I have to let go and, and yield to it rather than obstructed by my own desires and my own, you know, and my desires may be quite legitimate, mm -hmm. but it may be the timing is wrong. It may be the arena in which I'm looking is wrong, you see. We are all looking for the right thing, but often in the wrong way.